Hello. Happy Sunday. We're doing what a picture of true evangelism looks like today. And what it looked like in, with Jesus. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> we'll look in the book of John. And do um, you want to go ahead and read? Okay. We'll start in John 3. Do you want me to do Amplified Version or King James? Because i got them both. Uh, do King James. Okay. Okay, so we're doing King James Version. I may read out the Amplified. I like to use both when I'm really studying. Okay. And we'll start with verse 1, Nicodemus. How far do you want me to go? Um, go to verse 6. Okay. John 3, verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou do except God be with him. Okay, I want to point out something here. Um, He was a high ruler. He wasn't just a regular Jew. He was a high leader. And there's um, many reasons you could say he came by night. Some say, oh, he had a whole bunch of duties during the day, so he came by night. Maybe. Um, I think it represents he was in a level of night and of darkness. Um, He didn't want the pressure from, he was being sent from his other people. You know, they were all wanting to know. But he came on his own without the pressure of that and came to Jesus. So I think that's important. And he's, it was like he's a spy. He was spying out almost, you know, the people over him. He could, They mm-hmm. already considered Jesus an enemy mm-hmm. um, because he was coming against what they stood for yeah. uh, in their temple. And so he probably came, like you said, in the cover of night. Go ahead. And I feel like because of how it ended... And how Jesus talked to him, I feel like there was a little something in him that was like, I got to see for myself. There's too much weight here. So because of what happens. But um, there was one other thing. And then he said to him, he didn't say, you are God. He didn't say any of that. He said, rabbi, teacher. He didn't consider him God at that point. That's how he. And so that's important. Verse 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, verily, verily, I say unto thee. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So... He was talking about an earth vessel and a spirit vessel there. Um, the way that Jesus talked to Nicodemus was, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee. He said that in first person to Nicodemus, but then he switched to third person. And he said, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And so he switched it because he didn't want to put his force on Nicodemus that you need to make a decision or you must be born again. He didn't say it in that way because he wanted Nicodemus's faith to arise on its own from the spirit. He wanted the spirit to speak to him. The urge would come out of Nicodemus. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't Jesus pressuring him. 
to get saved and taught to be born again. And so Jesus, that was his evangelism. He didn't put a force on Nicodemus, a compelling force to try to bring him into the kingdom of God, even against Nicodemus's will. He wanted Nicodemus, his will to rise up in him and for it to be his decision. Do you want to be a part of this? Well, here's the way. Here's the way all men must do it. And then Nicodemus could decide for himself. As we read here, we notice that Jesus only asked him two questions. It wasn't, he, there was no interrogation from the Lord towards Nicodemus. Let's see if I have anything else on that. Um, even though you had mentioned when we were discussing this that the opposite happened to Jesus. The Jews interrogated, interrogated, prove, prove. And ask him all these questions. So right, yeah, we're seeing a different way of how it's supposed to be. Yeah, with their with their order. See, see, Nicodemus came out of the temple with the religious leaders, the mm-hmm. chief priests, and the Pharisees and the scribes. They had their order. It was a temple order, mm-hmm. but it was the order of man. And we know that Jesus came after the order of Melchizedek. Mm-hmm. If I'm saying that right. His order was the order of the Spirit, the seven eyes or the seven spirits of God, which are the, the spiritual senses of Jesus that he gives to the born-again believer for them to see the kingdom of God. And that's how you see the kingdom of God. You see God in the Spirit. You see his works. We learn his will, and we fellowship with him. That's how we learn from God is through the seven spirits of God. And the seven spirits of God are what... God gave us to get set free forever until we go out of here. We'll be using those. And that is in Isaiah 11, 2. There's other places, but 11, Isaiah, 11, 2 in Isaiah. Ephesians. It's, okay. it's, I think it's early in Ephesians and then Colossians and in Revelation. Okay. It talks about the seven spirits of God. The, the candlestick eyes. are in the midst of Jesus. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's the menorah. And it's wisdom, knowledge, understanding, counsel, might, the anointing, and the spirit of the Lord, yeah. or the the, the fear, fear of the Lord. Of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the fe- he he did a teaching on this one time for our family, um, and it was the the middle candlestick because you know you see that was huge in the holy of holies, and the middle candlestick was the fear of the Lord. That was Jesus. So that's that fed all of the understanding, all of the all of the other ones. So if you don't have the fear of the Lord, you know, and that's why we hear some preachers sometimes and we'll and we'll think, oh, there's a level of light there. There's a level of truth. And then you see the fruit in their life or it's just like there's no well it's because they don't have that middle They have the fear of man instead. Yes, instead of the fear of the Lord that feeds And they're under they're under the intimidation of this world. And Nicodemus had a, a level of the fear of yeah. the Lord to inquire to. He approached Jesus. Yes, he came. That so was Jesus was just there, and he approached Jesus. Yeah, that's that is important. That's important later on too. When we well, you you told me that. <laughs> oh. I said it, but you told me that. So, did you want to read seven or? Uh, let me see if there's anything else. Okay. In John in three five, Jesus answered and said to him, "Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again." Born of the Holy Spirit sent from above. Born with the seven eyes. See, humans have uh, six senses, or five, and then the consciousness, which is six. It's interesting, that's the number of man. And then the seven eyes, you can't see the kingdom of God, and you can't know, you can't worship in spirit and in truth without the seven eyes. And it talks about that later. Um, 
again, Jesus did not use a, a compelling force in his evangelism or his discussion that he was having with Nicodemus. Jesus just opened up, and like you said, it was just like, okay, if Nicodemus wanted to know this, Jesus would let him know, and then Nicodemus, okay, we'll go here. And just a progression, and let Nicodemus just take morsels and just let him eat as he wanted to eat, and then let that word and the light come in to grow in Nicodemus, and let it be Nicodemus's decision to keep going in the discussion. And yeah, there was something Jesus could keep letting him converse, you know, kind of get it worked out in his mind. What I think his spirit was already prompting and and leading him to, and he kept doing the physical. Help me. You know, because there was something he could work with because a religious person, he was just like, he just stopped at times. I mean, he'd tell him you're, you're dead man tomb, whatever. Walking. Well, the religious so. people are the ones that would come interrogate Jesus. You pr- need to prove yourself. Yeah. Show us who you are. Show us plainly who you are. Prove it. Prove who you are. It's because they didn't have faith. I mean, they didn't even, mm-hmm. I mean, the spirit would just tell him who he is by what he did, the miracles. And uh, the the out-of-the-box teaching, you know, with Jesus, God in heaven was no longer in a box of man's theology where they could just open and close it any time they wanted to, you know, they just controlled the knowledge of God that way. But Jesus came and, and just exposed that as darkness, and he's no longer in their box. And that really upset them, but uh, yeah, you can go to verse seven. 7. So in verse 7 of John 3... Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listed, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but can't tell where it came from and where it goes. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. One of the things that I saw in this was when Jesus said, marvel not. And there's a lot of times in the scripture where, where God or a, even an angel, somebody from heaven will say, marvel not. You know, marvel not. Don't, don't get um, fascinated with in this certain way. And I think what he was saying here was that Nicodemus was trained, was religiously trained, and they knew how to process information and how to deliver information, and they were taught academically. And when he said, I think Jesus was saying, marvel not that I just said this to you, because you were trained to box it up into a subject matter, and to have theological conversations, to make it into a religion, and make it into man's indoctrination. Because if you do that, there'll be no transformation. You won't be spiritually affected if you just marvel that I said it to you and go say, oh, this was a great man that said these great words, and turn Jesus into a superhero. He came to make disciples and disciple makers to continue his work on the earth. It didn't stop with Jesus. It doesn't stop with Jesus. He came to start something. He came to start his kingdom on the earth. And so he said, don't marvel and just stop because I said it to you. Let the Spirit show you you need to come in and be as I am. That's what he wanted Nicodemus to see. You have to go from being trained by man and taught by man with earthly ways and come and learn from God directly in the first person from the Spirit through faith. Learn that way yourself. And then that's what you'll teach to other people. They will also know God in the first person 
But that's when he said, I have meat. He told his disciples one time, he said, I have meat you know not of. And yeah. he was talking about partaking of his body. So you'll you'll have me in you is what he was you saying to him. anything in the physical. And you won't be you won't need to be taught by another human how to to come into the kingdom of God because it's got to come from the spirit. I, I loved it when he he brought that 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 level what that meant and it just opened it up to me. It was just like, don't be amazed at the things you can see, feel, touch or hear from somebody else. Be amazed that God comes into us. And does this marvelous work. This is a marvelous thing that he would use us. That we could speak his name. And it could be used to set captives free. To um, give light. To give hope. And we may not know it. We, The best ones are that we don't even know we did anything. That we just had no clue. We were just being who we are in Christ. And it did something for somebody. People do that for me all the time. Even people that aren't saved, God will use them sometimes. I'll just have been laboring or praying. I'll just walk and somebody will. I had it happen to me twice this week. That something that um, somebody I know that God's laboring in their heart to bring them in. was really praying. And, and this certain word they prayed two people at different times, two different days came up and said that exact word to me over them. I got to share it with them and they acknowledged that's God. You know, it's just all intertwined. Sometimes we get to see it and sometimes we don't. Yeah, it, it, it's because the spirit will reveal to us. And like with Nicodemus, Jesus said, don't marvel that I just said it to you. Have ears to hear mm. the spirit. Mm-hmm. You're going to have ears to hear mm. well, how this is. And, he, and that's why he didn't talk to him in first person when he said to be born again, because he wanted it to be organic in Nicodemus's faith mm-hmm. for Nicodemus. Said, I want that. And Jesus said, okay, here, you want it. Because Jesus said, you better take He didn't say that. Yeah. You better take it. You better do this. He never did any of that. Mm-hmm. And so much of the, the church is just a force of pressure to try to save souls instead of being prepared spiritually by the Spirit to have God do the, the presentation yeah. in the Spirit instead of a force of trying to save something that is doing it the wrong way. Because if, if, if we do it and we receive it and we know it for ourselves, it it's set. And we'll need that so that we don't waver when the winds blow. And, the, and then being born again, that is going through a, a transformation to where we're representing God through the fruit of the Spirit. We're coming into that and we're getting set free. Uh, we're on the road of getting set free and that like you said that itself we won't even know how to affect people but it'll contrast the world mm. and people will it'll just it'll, it'll plant a seed in them because they perceive they'll perceive for themselves and if they're doing something wrong or they didn't realize it was wrong maybe but if we're representing God and we contrast that without condemning them without even maybe saying anything to them they just do the measuring themselves going oh i need to change and we didn't they didn't get accused you know they didn't get interrogated mm-hmm. they didn't didn't hit them with constructive guilt you know which a lot of people do but you know if it's not the spirit it's just going to cause bitterness yeah well uh, and they're set up to fail later yeah we've because, learned that because they thought oh we're okay because we did this and we look like this and we're doing we're going to church we're and then that ain't it. That is the easy part. Showing up to church one or two times, it's the 24-7 every day. So we set people up to fail if they think, oh, we're boxed up and we're good to go. No. 
they need the spirit and know who and where to go to. Yeah, and you know, we've talked about communion a lot and partaking of Christ crucified. And that's how we get set free. We're partaking of that and we're being changed on the inside. Our our mannerisms, our mm. perception, or they some people call it the world our worldview and then how we see ourselves. You know, we may think we're okay and we're doing great and we may have deception there that we need to fellowship with God so that just so that light, those seven eyes of the light, that candle stick, can show us those areas where we may be deceived and that's what was with nicodemus in that that temple order that he he was trained up in you know they thought they were right they thought they were right with god and the leaders of the people and the light of jesus came and exposed it sometimes with some violence when he overturned the tables in the temple with the money changers and that's when he got the most upset because they thought they were right in their traditions in their church and Jesus came to expose that, and then they had a choice to make. Are they going to honor the authority of God or the authority of their temple? And Jesus brought the, the his order of Melchizedek. He brought his spiritual order to confront their, their religious order of Israel. And we know they wouldn't have anything. They wouldn't have it, and they, they killed him. Or he laid his life down for them to do that. Where are we at here? In verse 9. Okay. Do you want me to read it? Yeah. Tell me when to quit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Are thou a master of Israel, and you don't know these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify what we have seen, and you receive not our witness. He's talking about him and his disciples, right? Him and his, him and his followers, okay. and the Spirit, mm-hmm. because they're all, they're all of one Spirit and one faith, who are going to be his, default, his followers of his way in you don't have ears to hear. Okay. You said you don't have yeah. ears to hear. You've yeah. hardened your heart, or and your 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 training in your temple. You know, being being trained by men in that temple order. And I, I'm going to use that word a lot because I think it really separates. It shows you that there's a system here in the spirit here with God. Well, and and God loves the law, but He came to fulfill that. And make it more so. And they wouldn't let it go farther because then they wouldn't have control. And they weren't, you know, all the people needing them. And they weren't making money. And well, and, and they reprocessed the law. They didn't They didn't even use the law to put the fear of the Lord in people. They used it to create um, oh, uh, return customers. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't want them set free. Yeah. They wanted them to stay guilty because of the law. So they had to keep doing sacrifices and making money off those sacrifices. Yeah. So verse 12, if I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man shall ascend up to heaven, but he that come down from heaven, even the son of man, which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the servant, serpent in the wilderness, even so the son of man must be lifted up. Jesus, when he was talking to Nicodemus, and he, what he was wanting Nicodemus to do is to understand that the kingdom of God requires an open heart to receive it. it requires an open heart for that word to be received god's not going to force his will for somebody to be saved to be born again if they have a hardened heart in zechariah seven twelve, go ahead and turn there and read that one okay where is it zechariah yes they made their hearts as adamant stone lest they should hear the law 
and the words which the Lord of hosts has sent in his spirit by the former prophets, therefore came a great wrath from the Lord of hosts. So if there's a hardened heart, that is inviting the wrath of God because it's it's perverse and it's not a faith and it will not receive the word of God. And that's what that's what's offensive to God. I mean, we, we know sin, certain sins and sinful acts are offensive to God. But what's ultimately offensive is a hardened heart that will not receive, that just knowingly rejects the, the invitation from the Spirit. It says like an adamant stone. Well, that I looked this up, and the adamant stone means it was ordered. Their heart was ordered. It's not like they were born that way. Yeah. They became that way. And that comes from that religious training of the Jews. Their hearts became hardened, just like Pharaoh in Exodus because it is it is set up by man. It is through man's doctrines. And Jesus addressed, you teach the commandments of men through your doctrines. And that's some of the times he called them vipers, and your father's the devil, and you have unbelief, and you're a perverse generation because you won't open your heart to God. When God has visited you, you you're adamant. You say, nope, I don't want to change. I'm going to do me, and God just says, go do you, and you that's it. That. And that that is the basis of the mark of the beast. When a person has set their heart to reject spiritual relationship with God, nothing he can do. I mean, it's it's the person has made their decision, and God won't go against that decision. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's in essence, that's 666. It says, um, great wrath, you know, he brings great wrath when there's a uh, hardened heart. You know, a note on that is that there, Jesus is, he's Lord and Savior, but he's not a Lord and Savior that's like a puppy dog where he's, where he's uh, full of grace and he licks your face. You know, it's to make everything nice and better, and we just de- get declared saved. That's not what happens with God. There has to be reception, a heart reception there. Yeah. And that's something to remember as he was talking about that I kept thinking. When we are brought to a place of repentance and we know we've been exposed and we're wrong and and we actually do choose to repent and say, I'm so sorry, God, I need help. The next thing that is not easy to do is that opening of the heart that he's talking about. Because what do we do when we get exposed? We want to hide, we want to put our head down. We're kind of like, we're ashamed. We're just like weak. We're blue. And the biggest thing you can do is just open up your heart. I have to to cause myself to open up my heart to receive what's next, to finish the process. And then he will raise you up in strength out of that place if you do. Something else that um, when he's getting his next part, it said, you know, that like Moses, um, you know, lifted up. There was a plague going on that was killing all the land of the snakes, I think. We're all killing them and biting them. And so Moses had to hold his staff up, and it represented the cross, and the snake was wrapped around it. That's why the medicine, that's a a symbol of the medicine sometimes, because it stops the death and stops the plague. Well, as I was studying that, that what I seen was, because here in the Amplified Bible, like three times in the next few passages, it talks about he who believes in him, who clings to trust in and relies on him is not judge so that stops the wrath and so we that that snake wrapping around that cross we are dust we are like a snake we're like the devil cursed to the earth if we stay in that place 
But if we raise up and cling to that cross and let ourselves die so that we can commune with Christ and so we can be in that relationship with him. So it's over and over. It talks about relies, clings, trust. And having ears to hear is I found a word that I've never heard before. And it has to do with the hardness of heart and the uh, rejection of the word of God's spirit. You know, the, the, the part that, that Jesus wanted Nicodemus, don't marvel at what I'm telling you with man's language. Don't stop there just because I said a great word, a profound word. Let that word come in you and you have a relationship with God inside of you with that word. Let the, Open your heart to let the spirit bring that in you. Yes, I'm telling it to you, but there's another step. You have to have the step of uh, being born again by the Spirit. In that, But that word was uh, contumacious. I'd never heard that before. And it means you're unpersuadable. You can't, you've rendered yourself unpersuadable. And that, that's what the hardness of heart is. And in John um, chapter 1, I'll read it real quick. Okay. John one twenty nine. The next day John saw Jesus coming to him and, and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. It doesn't say sins. And I think it says just sin specifically. He's talking about the sin of the world, which is he, come, he comes to remove it out of those who will open their heart and believe. He'll pull that unbelief and that hardness of heart out. If you're willing, he will come and give you a new heart. And that sin of the world is just to harden your heart like Pharaoh and say, this is my life. If I'm going to have anything to do with God, it's going to be on my terms. And a lot of religion is like that. Well, we want God on our terms. We want to put him in a box where if we want to deal with him, we'll open the box and deal with him and we'll just keep him in these four walls. But that's not having a relationship with God. That's having a hardened heart. Jesus came to destroy man's concepts of God like that. So what does that mean? That means that there's a big problem in the church today because the church today is in the same position the temple was in Jesus' time. In the American church, it's in the same position. It doesn't mean all the churches, but most of the churches at yeah. large, it seems to be. Right, and I, I don't mean to broad brush yeah. everything, yeah. but the methods... And I, I just based it on what I hear people say that that I know that I'm close to when when they go to their church and they have attended. When we talk later about what happened, I don't hear anything about God. I hear reports on people. This person was there. They weren't there. This person had this deal, and it's just like everything's everything's just a networking of man there's no life springing forth mm. from the spirit and not that that can't be accomplished but it needs to be or just about the programs and yeah they did this activity and this many people came because of it and it's like it's a well it's like it's a entertainment <clears throat> it's being in competition with what i did yesterday and so i just got to outdo what i did yesterday or what somebody else did, and we're just in competition. Those are dead works of the flesh. And I, not to condemn people for that, but at the same time, if there's not truth and there's deception, then it's got to be exposed. So the kingdom of God can come into the church as it needs to. Where are we at, honey? Um, 
Um, well, we could probably skip down to, um, did you want to, I don't, I don't know what else did you want to do there? Do you want to go to? You can go to the verse or chapter four. Okay. With the woman. Okay. So now we're going to skip to, I love this story. Um, again, it's, it's the Samaritan, the woman at the well, and it just, it shows again that he was able to go back and forth with those things we've been talking about that she was taught and heard and and he was he would go back and forth with her on it because there was something there he could work with. And so how one through how far? Just I don't know, just go ahead. Okay. Um <clears throat> So let's go John 4, 1. I'll read really fast because we've got a little bit of ground to cover here. When therefore the Lord knew, the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples did. He left Judea and parted again to Galilee, and he must go through Samaria. Then came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Jacob. Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. Now I think he wasn't just wearied because it was a long ways to travel; they had to walk everywhere. I think he was wearied because of the religious stuff and pressure, and also the sixth hour. Somewhere I thought it said it was like noon, but um, his disciples went into town to get meat, and he sat there. And there came a woman of Samaria. Now the Samaritans hated the Jews. The Jews hated the Samaritans because the Samaritans were like half Jews, right? So there were half breeds, they thought, and they weren't like the chosen ones and all that. It was just a huge thing. They weren't pure. They weren't pure. So it was a religious battle between them, but Jesus chose to come here. God led him there. So in verse six uh, or seven, a woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. And the woman of Samaria said unto him, How is it that you, being a Jew, would ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And Jesus answered her and said unto her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that said to thee, Give me a drink, you would have asked of me, of him, and he would have given thee living water. Tell me when you want me to stop. The woman said unto him, sir, so this is important. She called him sir. And if you look up the key word to sir, it's huge. And it's all about, um, she, she honored him because she felt something's different with this guy. Something special is going on. This is not your normal encounter. And so she recognized him, not as God and not as a teacher or a rabbi yet, but sir, she gave him an honorable title. Thou has nothing to draw with. And the well is deep from whence has you, have you got living water? Are thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank of himself and his children and his cattle? And Jesus answered and said unto her, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And that is a opened heart. Ooh, that's good. Did you think of water from the rock? When you know, Moses hit the rock. Hit the rock mm-hmm. and, then, and then he was supposed to speak to the rock and hit it again. But that rock was cracked. Mm, think of the heart, the hard hearts dealt with. Mm. And the kingdom of God is springing forth. 
in a believer. That's that's where the call is. And that whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. Well, the whosoever, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And there's a, a scripture talking about the well of salvation. Draw from the wells of salvation. Um, something And just else. think it's a well. That word for well, you know, we were talking about two different words. When she referred to well... Is it in verse 7? Yeah, it's verse 11. She said 11. the well different than what she Yeah, Jesus she said. just said the abyss. She used the yeah. word for abyss, for a pit. Like never ending. Just And they used to throw prisoners in there to die and stuff too. Yeah. But he referred to it as a spring. Like it's yep. going to be replenished. It'll always be perennial. There'll always be water coming out. You'll always have yes. water from the supernatural. Yes. You, it won't be... Somebody else won't draw it up for you, and you'll go, they'll give you a drink. You'll get your own drink and be able to give others a drink. And I think that's why Jesus says, you gave this person a drink. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then when do we do that? Well, it was this living was water. Just, this was, living water came out. And, and you, when you witnessed through the Spirit of Christ, living water came out, and they were ready to receive it. And you gave them a drink. And you didn't even know it. No. And that, that because it says the up. Spirit goes and you don't know where it comes and goes but it's functioning but to have that water coming through you have to repent we have to let i love how he said that it just it cracks open those hard places and that healing water comes we got to go into our closet the bride glows into her closet and then she comes out walking down the aisle we have to have that one-on-one with christ every day we have to make a special you know and it may feel like law when you start out i'm going to do it every day and you may just feel like just it's all law. There's nothing else. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. And finally, it will bust open and you'll, you'll crave it. And you'll like, I can't wait to get up and do it again. And, and then we just go out of our closet. And then you, you feel the presence of God. You hear him. You feel him. Everything's good. And then guess what? We got to go work. We got to go out into the world. And you feel like, I'm, I think that's why Jesus departed so many more times. He went back to the well. He got away from everybody, and then he go back out. We got to go out and come in, and as long as we are doing that every day, and we're honoring that standard and that precious thing that he's allowing us to be a vessel, and then we're going out and doing everyday things, and our countenance is different because of it. That's we are preaching something every day, sometimes without saying a word, and we got to remember that we can walk into a room and change the atmosphere for good or bad. And that's how it happens. And we'll get to heaven and we're like, when did I do that? Well, you could even like be around somebody or people that are just complainers. I mean, there's always somebody's done something wrong. There's Everything's bad news. Everything is just, they're bitter. And they're just, they get used to it. And it's just a deception and it spreads yeah. to other people. But if we, if we fellowship with God and we're ready, we can go in there and just not talk like they talk. Yeah. Maybe at some point they go, wait, they're different. And then the Spirit will speak to them, and that light will start coming in if they'll receive it. And that's our witness. That's the witness of God in us that is in the New Covenant. It's not, you know, you can't, what you said about being alone with God in your quiet time, in your closet, just first person with God, trying to get quiet and hear Him and learn His will. We can't learn that having theological discussions with other people. Not that we shouldn't fellowship. I'm not saying that. But that cannot 
be all we do. Because if that's all we do and we have discussions, we please our five senses with good words, networking, and making each other feel good. But that cuts off God if that's the pinnacle of what we do. We have to, if we want fellowship with God, like is prescribed in the Word and in the, the the New Covenant that Jesus brought, we do have to have alone time with the Lord because you can't learn through man because Jesus told Nicodemus you know you're you've been trained to be a master of Israel and you don't even know what I'm talking about that's pretty bad and Nicodemus was just like what are you what are you talking about I've this is my whole I've devoted my life to this to your word his pathways in his brain were and it's just like Jesus said you don't even know what I'm talking about how could you not know well it's it's because Israel was in such darkness of religion that the prophets hadn't even spoken for 400 and some years. Israel, because their system, their temple order, had just turned into a system of man. And God had been cut off. And, and, you know, in in Hosea, the Lord declares, you're not my people because you've hardened your hearts. So you've rendered yourself not my people, and I declare it. I don't want it to be that way. But you've chosen to harden your heart. But the, in the goodness of God, he's still going to come back to the to the nation of Israel and declare himself, I'm still God. Yeah. I'm still on the throne. And there's another way. Yeah. Will you take it? You have another opportunity. But it won't be through an order of man. It will be through Christ crucified in the individual. It won't be a corporate initiated thing. There will be a corporate where individuals each part his fellowshipping with God, and then there's this automatic, without effort, fellowship in the corporate. That's the goal that uh, God has prescribed. In John at four, fifteen, the woman said, "Sir," again she calls him "Sir." Give me this water that I thirst not, neither have to come here to draw. And Jesus said unto her, "Go, call your husband and come hither." So the woman answered and said, "I have no husband." And Jesus said unto her. Thou hast well said, you have no husband, for you have had five husbands, but he whom you have now is not your husband. So she's living with someone, but he did some research and it was like she was as a prostitute. And so this woman said unto him, sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Still, she isn't recognizing him as God. He's, he's conversing with her. He's going with her. He's touching on her religion. We'll see that in a minute. And then he touched on her um, personal life. And to see, because some people would be so offended, they're out of there. So verse 19, the woman said, Sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and you say in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. So she's talking about the Samaritans and the Jews. And Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. It's coming a time. That ain't going to matter. You worship right here. Yes. He's fixing to say the churches of the heart. So you worship. You know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews because God did try to reach the Jews first. They rejected him. And then he went to the Gentiles. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth for the Father I love this part. He seeketh such to worship him. God sent him. He sent him to that well to be refreshed by somebody that wasn't religious, that um, was her heart was in a place, and he tested her by talking to her. Where are you at? Where you want to go? And 
You notice he didn't test her. He didn't ask her one question. Yeah. Didn't didn't yeah. interrogate her one mm-hmm. bit. He just or condemn. He just gave her this, and she took it, wanted more. She took it, mm-hmm. wanted more, and she kept initiating or progressing the conversation. Yes, it's like help me understand, but this is what I've you know. And she was, yeah. yeah. Her heart was where he could keep talking with her. In verse twenty four, it says, "God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth." The woman said unto him, "I know that the Messiah cometh, which is called Christ." When he has come, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, oh, this gets me. I, and you know the power that come out right there with just I, that speak unto thee, am he. He said, I'm the Christ. And upon this, his disciples come back. And guess what? They marveled. There's that word that he talked with the woman. A woman by herself. That You weren't supposed to do that. Man, woman, by themselves. No, you weren't supposed to be talking. And what, she's a Samaritan. What's going on? But he, they knew enough. They'd been with him enough. They didn't say a word. And they didn't say, why are you seeking? Why are you talking to her? Verse 28, the woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to them. So she received that he was the Christ. He was this Messiah. And you know what she did? She took off. She left her old vessel and her old way of the water that would still make her thirsty. And she took off to tell everybody else, that's evangelism. That's the fruit of it. Come see a man which told me all the things I ever did. Is this not the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. In the meanwhile, the disciples prayed him saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Then the disciples went to another. Has, did somebody bring him something to eat? Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. And his meat was his flesh, his broken body. Mm, yeah. Because if you partake in my body, you'll have life. And that's what that's my meat. He was dying to do the, the will of the Father was going to be found yeah. in those who would feed on Christ crucified. Yeah. When they feed on him, they're going to be changed and they're going to know God. And we feed on him by doing it ourselves, picking up our cross every day. And that's that's the new covenant communion. I made a post about this earlier, if you go back, and it, and it says, 35, say not ye, there are four months. This is what Jesus is saying. You say there's four months and then come a harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift your eyes up and look on the fields they are white already to harvest it doesn't in the physical seem like it's time she didn't seem like she would be ready to harvest she was a prostitute she was thought less of she was a nobody but her heart was ripe ready for the harvest and we got to look when we go out when we go out to the ball games to our workplace to walmart when people do us wrong we got to know those souls are harvest filled. God, is there something you want me to say? God, is there something you want me to do? And it may not be. It may be a hard truth. It may just be being coming against something that's not righteous and just a calm spirit. We don't know, but we got to be sensitive to know when we go out, oh God, these are your precious treasures and we are honored to be able to do whatever you want us to do. I don't think I do. Um, my pastor's wife said one time she shared a sermon or did a sermon or something. And um, she was talking about when they used to crush the grapes. 
um, in a big vat. And um, they didn't wear shoes when they did it because you would have crushed the skins too hard and released bitterness. Then the juice would have been more bitter. So you did it with your feet so you could feel how much pressure to do. And she used that as an example that I'll never forget. Um, and then uh, Naomi told Ruth as well to, to walk softly. And oh, has God told me that where my hair stood up on my I was a little bit in trouble. And I have to learn to walk softly. So we have to go out of our closet and go out and walk softly, God slow, quiet, and ready to do whatever he says. Well, he, he was known as the Prince of Peace. He wasn't a bombastic person that was going to set the world on fire in that way to um, go out and just um, put pressure on people yeah. and make a name for himself. In fact, when he sensed that, when he sensed that people were trying to adore him into being a hero, he t- he said, "Don't tell anybody. I don't. That's not our kingdom. Yeah. We do, That's not my father's kingdom. Is yeah. to come down here and become a hero, because if people just adore somebody, they just worship their image. They just worship their their who they are, and they don't get involved. And Jesus came that we would get involved in His work and do His work. But if we're just admiring Jesus as a hero without coming into being born again." And being transformed into a vessel to carry on that work of Jesus' work. Because that was his meat that, that we were to partake of so we can do his works. Not the works of our flesh. Those are supposed to be destroyed. But the works of his flesh and his spirit and his blood. And, and do that. Then that goes beyond holding somebody up as a hero. Or a king on the earth. Yeah. As, as, a, a, as a human man's king. And um, you know, Jesus, he avoided the temptation that we have that man has to make ourselves important before others because that's part of what's wrong in the church the church wants to be seen the church wants to be influential and impact our communities and and that's supposed to happen but it's happening the wrong way it's happening through the flesh through the five senses through entertainment through trying to replace the world with with a replacement and the kingdom of god is not involved in that it's not coming the kingdom is not coming and jesus didn't mean for the kingdom to come when he comes back the second time it came you know with the disciples in the day of pentecost that's when it was supposed to come it's supposed to increase multiply and expand uh, that's i mean that's got to happen before it even comes back the second time there's got to be a true spirit and truth movement of god mm-hmm. where hearts are saved hearts yes. hearts are changed not just willful intent of the mind it's not that that doesn't work that's psychology and that's good for a while but god's not involved in that god's not doing that anything psychological or or modifying behavior that way um is not done by the spirit at all jesus came to make disciples and disciple makers of his father's kingdoms to do the works thereof he didn't he didn't come to shine like a hero and that's what the fallen angels did that's exactly what they did so um, John four thirty nine. if you go back down. So she went out and told them, and they came and seen for themselves. And it said, many of the Samaritans of the city believed on him for the saying of the woman, which testified. So some believed just by her saying that. So all the Samaritans were coming to him, and they besought him that he would tarry with them. So he stayed there two days. And many more believed just because of hearing him themselves. And then verse 42 says, 
and said unto the woman, Now we believe not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Well, That's so precious. And the thing that I think got him, when I think if I was in their shoes, if I was a second-hand citizen and, uh, you know, considered unclean, and the Messiah of the Jews came to see us, yeah. that just blows away conventional yep. wisdom and, and just takes God out of that box. It's like, okay, this we this is totally unexpected. I'm going to listen to this. I want to go see for myself. Yeah, because I've yeah. figured we anticipated just being locked out of yeah. out of anything to do with them. with God and the Jews. Mm-hmm. We're just we're we're doing the best we can out here. Yeah, it's all about the heart to receive. I mean, Years he to hear to those people that were the unlovable, unlike you know, just. But oh, oh, one good thing, we looked it up, and the Nicodemus that came after Jesus was dead, he came with another person, Jonathan or somebody, and um, asked the leader, "Can we have his body?" So Nicodemus got saved. He was like, "I don't care if I'm kicked out of the temple." I don't care what anybody says now. I know for myself, and I want to honor his body. That's so precious. Who knows how he ended up? But I know he got saved because he went and wanted, in the light, he wanted to touch Jesus one more time. He found it in himself to finally do the right thing. Yes. That's grace. Maybe he didn't do it right then when he got to talk to him. He did it, and he let it cost him something, I'm sure. At least seeds got planted. Yeah. Yeah. Because he didn't have that that uh, unpersuasive thing stay in him. Yeah. I mean, he was curious, but like you say, he wasn't ready. But he w- he didn't harden his heart to the point right. where he was one of them that killed Jesus. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, thank you. Share this with anybody you think might would like this. We'll probably put it on the YouTube channel um that's kind of nice because you can i think you can even do it on facebook you can fast forward it and listen to things faster <laughs> i think it's easier on youtube maybe youtube yeah. so okay thank you if you guys have any questions or comments love to hear it um put them in there and we'll try to answer you <laughs>